2: The Bengals waiver claims have arrived in Cincinnati and have gone through their first practice with the team. That and some minor roster updates in the feel of the locker room as week one is rapidly approaching.
1: Locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for following. And thanks especially to all of you who make us your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. James, we're going to get started today with the new guys: Max Sharping, Jay Tufele, and Devin Asiasi. Present and accounted for at Bengals practice on Thursday. The waiver claims awarded to the team on Wednesday. They found their way to the city, and were ready to work with the team. What stood out with the new guys? I, I saw some some fun videos of Sharping driving the drill, working driving the sled, I should say, in offensive line drills with. Frank Pollock at practice. Anything stand out with the new guys?
0: Well, the first thing's first, right? Max Sharping, all eyes on him. That's the guy that, of the three, it feels like could have the biggest role potentially this year and, and maybe line up as that you know sixth offensive lineman and back up multiple interior spots, wearing number 74 for those that are wondering. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he went through some drills uh, during the the open portion of practice. I took a video and tweeted it out of Frank Pollock, kind of coaching him up and teaching him some technique stuff. Uh, but nothing really stood out. None of these guys talked, so that's the first thing. It's not like they met with the media yet. Figured we'd let them get a little settled. I think it's going to be a whirlwind weekend for them as they, you know, try to to ramp up, learn the playbook, get accustomed to, to the language the verbiage all of that stuff because I, I do think that the Bengals, and of course they claimed them think that these guys can contribute now that doesn't mean that they're going to be playing a bunch of snaps week one against the steelers or anything like that but i think all three guys could certainly be in the mix and uh did spot all three in the locker room max sharping first first uh, thought big dude just really big dude, uh, saw him from a distance, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, all offensive linemen are big. Now, I mean, big for an offensive lineman, eye test-wise. I don't even know what he's listed at off the top of my head, but that is something that uh, that caught my attention. Uh, the other thing, and, and obviously Tufele is going to be big, as a defensive tackle, but Asi Asi, he, he looks it, man. He doesn't look like a, he is not this thin, tight end, right? He's, um, you know, I, I would say that, Drew Sample, even though he is a blocking tight end, pretty thin, chiseled, you know that type of guy. Same thing goes for Hayden Hurst, and obviously we know how athletic he is, and he is a pass catcher and all of those things. This dude Asiasi Ossie Ossie, is just a big boy, and that's mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be fun to see how they use him because I, I do think that um, he, he can help them in short yardage, so short yardage situations and obviously on, on blocking downs, and he does give them some Drew Sample insurance. So. We went over it. I like all three additions. All three are here, safe and sound, wearing Bengals gear and and practicing. And that's that's a good sight.
2: I think there's actually a role for Devin Asiasi and goal line packages right away, too. Why? why, You know, if you want to go three tight ends or you want to use two tight ends and you know you're going to run the ball and you don't care if the other team knows you're going to run the ball. Why not put Asiasi and Drew Sample Mm -hmm. out there? If you feel better about those guys blocking than Hayden Hurst, you can save Hayden Hurst some some wear and tear and use him where he's better. And if you're not trying to be deceptive, which sometimes you just line up and the other team knows you're trying to run it down your throat and you try to run it down their throat, especially with the right side of this offensive line, as we've discussed, maybe there's Mm -hmm. a role there for Devin Asiasi right away.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is you, you do that enough. At some point you go play action. Exactly. And Ossie Ossie just splits, you know, j- just runs out there and he's just wide open. It's the offensive lineman yeah. eligible type play. And and that could happen. I, Trent Taylor caught a two-point conversion, right? And he was a practice squatter last year in the AFC title. Like, there's going to be a moment this season where they need that. And that's that's the fun part. I, I think this team's better. And it, it was good to see those guys Um yeah, the, the other thing, should we hit on Cordell Volson now? Just a little oh, I, bit
2: I want it I want to mention Max Sharping scored a touchdown once. You talk about offensive linemen eligible oh. for a touchdown on play action. Our guy Mike Sands has, has a good treat of Max Sharping scoring a touchdown. I think in college. But there you, uh, go. you know, I think you, I saw
0: that actually. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Not at Houston. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Uh the, the other the other quick note before we hit Cordell Volson is that you mentioned that that uh, all eyes on Sharping might be a big contributor. I, I don't sleep. I'm just telling our listeners, don't sleep on Tufele. The guy could be a rotational piece as early as week one. And there was a lot of hype. You go back to his draft Twitter scouting report. There's a lot of hype around Jay Tufele. So I'm excited to see him play if he does get on the field right away.
0: Sure. I. That's the thing is I think there's a, a path where all three guys could contribute relatively soon-ish. Which, which tells be,
2: you about like how how much of a shot in the arm it is for their depth, right? Like all these positions mm-hmm. where we're talking about depth concerns, depth concerns, and now you feel better about it.
0: You do. No, there, there's no denying that, and that's they were really dinged up at tight end. Now it doesn't feel as as bad, and we can get uh, a Mitch Wilcox update. Uh, he was in the locker room. No, no brace or anything on that ankle. I think he's making his way back. Didn't practice today, but certainly. Making his way back there. I guess we should have on the other roster moves and then get the Cordell Wilson after that. That would make sure. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Bengals, by the way, do I do my victory lap now about Mike Thomas or, or, or later? Do, we need, a, do we need a victory lap for something oh, yeah. you're so certain about? For sure. Because beforehand, but, but before cut downs at all, when he got cut, I obviously said he was going to be on the team. There were a couple people. Hey, he got cut, James. What do you you think now? What do you think? I'm thinking the same thing I thought last week and the week prior. Um, So, yeah, Mike Thomas was back in the locker room today, eating good, by the way. He had some shrimp, some salmon, some rice.
2: obviously so you wouldn't say he was eating good
0: i think there were some veggies mixed into that rice you know but it it looked good there there was there was definitely some color to it it wasn't just bland rice i'll say that you know i i I was like i even told him i was like man some dudes it it roll out of the the cafeteria with burgers and stuff i was like you're the one eating right he had this big spread it was nice anyways it, it was good to see mike back um and then the bengals uh, what else did they do? They put a couple guys on um injured reserve. They put Kylie Kareem on injured reserve and uh and Cam, Cam Taylor, Taylor Britt on it, injured reserve. And by the way, Cam Taylor Britt was in the locker room. Shirtless look look good to me. But uh, you know, he, I was like, hey, uh, what's up? I'm I'm adding that because it's not like there's like this big cut or something on him from from the, the core muscle surgery for those wondering. Right. That's why I added the shirtless part. But <laughs> I uh just just trying to be you know, clear here for why I did that. Yeah. Uh, But fist bumped him and and wished him. Well, I I think he's, he's going to be back. I I would be surprised if he's not back week five, if they need it, you know, he's got to be out for four weeks. I think we'll see him week five.
2: Yeah. And also not practicing today. You mentioned Mitch Wilcox and the players on the IR. Of course, Isaiah Prince, Devin Cochran and (laughs) Tyson Anderson. Also not practicing Cochran on the practice squad. Isaiah Prince, Tyson Anderson, Mitch Wilcox, all potentially IR candidates. For moves that are probably still coming, they still got to get Brandon Allen and the other Mike Thomas back on the roster. And they're 52, officially speaking right now, because they put two on IR, and brought Mike Thomas back. We'll probably see Brandon Brandon Allen and Mike Thomas, the safety, back tomorrow or sometime soon over the weekend. And then the activation of Jesse Bates will be required. So they'll have to make space for some of those guys. They do have one mm-hmm. open spot on the 53 Right now, But the good news, we we talked about Drew Sample. He's still practicing. Eli Apple still practicing. So feeling a little bit better about some of those positions from from a health perspective as the season gets closer. Coming up next, James Cordell Volson spoke to the media in the locker room. We're going to talk about the locker room in general. And just in case you're thinking about leaving after that or something, Joe Burrows out here playing ping pong in the Bengals locker room. And James is very excited to provide you (laughs) his eyewitness (laughs) ping pong recap. So we'll get there later in the show, too.
0: But first, a word from BetOnline, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all things pro and college football betting all season long. Because football is here. College football season starts Saturday. A week from Thursday is what? It is Rams. It is Bills. Who's going to win that game? Three days later, Bengals-Steelers you got to get the bet online right now. You got to get in on the action. I've used Bet Online. I've made money with them. You can too. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, the NFL, college football. Don't delay. Go there now. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: James, before we dive into Cordell Volson, we didn't talk about the three external guys the Bengals signed to the practice squad. We should hit those really quickly. Mm-hmm. Nick Bowers, we talked about him yesterday, tight end, spent mm-hmm. a couple of years with the Raiders. Yusuf Corker, a University of Kentucky guy, I believe, mm-hmm. rookie. Mm-hmm. And Marvell Tell third, who is a second year player from USC, was a fifth round pick last year by the Indianapolis, or sorry, fifth round pick in 2019 by the Indianapolis Colts and has played in the NFL in the regular season. So uh, a little bit more depth there at corner with Marvell Tell. And instead of – this one's a little surprising. Instead of Trayvon Henderson, they go external with Corker. And mm-hmm. and so that one is a little bit surprising for me. And Bowers being the tight end on the practice squad. Practice squad's full. They've got three tight, tight ends on the 53. So we can hit on OJ Howard real quick too if we want before we go do to Cordell Volson. Do you think that's coming? Because the last we heard from Rappaport, he said that, that that was still in the Bengals' plans, but it doesn't necessarily seem to make a ton of sense.
0: So I've been in the building now as we're recording this. It's about 3.30 Eastern time on, on Thursday. I've been in the building for about four hours. I asked a couple of people, hey, you see any any O.J. Howard sightings? I Genuinely, I was like, you seen O.J. Howard anywhere? And much like Joe Burrow yesterday, I got the same puzzled look that I got during the news conference. Uh, so no OJ Howard sightings. And and I, I think that that ship has sailed. If I had to guess, uh, you get a guy in Devin Asiasi, who's obviously healthy is probably more what they're looking for of this blocking. Like he's really, really good at something. I, I don't think OJ Howard's really, really good at anything now. I think he's an okay blocker. I, I think he can catch the ball, but I don't think he's a great athlete like he was coming out. And, and that's why the bills moved on. And so the Bengals probably look at it younger, healthier, uh, maybe more of a, a specialist in, in his role, but it's the role that they probably want to fill. And so, no, I, I don't anticipate O.J. Howard side signing with the Bengals, at least as of now. And I, I think that that's a bummer because it's a first-rounder, a former first-rounder, right? At the same time, I don't think 2019 O.J. Howard or 2017 when he came out, but 2019 O.J. Howard is what they're getting. I think 2022 O.J. Howard is much, much different because if he was still in his prom, he would have helped the Bills. So I think the Bengals were interested, and Devin Asiasi just happened to fall to 31, and, and the Bengals had, gave him a little fist bump, and uh, there you go. That's it. Did you
2: see the other tight end they put a claim on? Because they they had a claim on another tight end they weren't awarded as well. So they had two waiver claims on tight end that I've seen reported. Did you did you well, happen to see that?
1: Wh-
0: what was the other one?
2: I don't remember his name. That's why I was asking. Oh,
0: oh, okay. There you go. No, I did. I did not. I didn't see it. Um, there was. There were one d- of
2: four teams. Uh, I'll find it.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, that's the thing is I do think that they desperately, not not casually, they desperately wanted to address the tight end spot because Drew Samples coming back, Mitch Wilcox is dinged up. Uh, You have Hayden Hurst, but you need someone else that you think can do everything that you ask a tight end to do. And so it it could have been O.J. Howard. There was a path where it it was going to be O.J. Howard, and there was a path where it was going to be Devin Asiasi, which is obviously the path they're down, and then insert whoever. I don't think this was a, oh, we have to get Devin Asiasi and no one else. I think it was a, we have to address tight end. Here are the guys that we should put a claim in. We have the 31st overall claim. And then also, if not, let's control our own destiny and try to make a play for O.J. Howard as well.
2: Which is a smart play. It was Trayvon Wesco, who is a generally reputed for blocking tight end who's played for the New York Jets. He ended up going to the Bears. So the Bears, obviously, much higher priority.
0: Which, by the way, aligns exactly with what, you know, Mm -hmm. Devin Asiasi is going to give them. And and of them, if they're looking for a blocker, I think Mm -hmm. O.J. Howard... Isn't necessarily known for that. Not that he's bad at it, because I don't think he's bad at it. But he's not like this elite tight end blocker. And I think Devin asiasi could be that. So there you go. I don't think OJ Howard's going to happen. They clearly wanted to address tight end, mm-hmm. and they were able to with a guy who you know they evaluated just a few years ago in the twenty twenty draft.
2: Yeah, interestingly, uh, only eight players. This is Field Yates, just just in case anyone's curious. Only eight players have multiple claims submitted for them. Trayvon Wesco was one of them. He had four claims Mm -hmm. submitted. The Bengals, obviously, if any other team, any other player that they claimed had multiple claims, they wouldn't have been awarded that player unless it was the Rams that were the other team that were doing the claim. Mm -hmm. But on Wesco, it was Cleveland, Chicago, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati. And in case you're curious, I know that it was the Jaguars with their number one priority who got Kendrick Pryor, but there were not apparently multiple claims on Ken. No one else. For anyone, for anyone curious, it was just one team. It was just Zach Taylor's brother, and that's why Zach Taylor was yelling at his brother.
0: And here's why I'm going to yell at press for a second, because, <laughs> damn it, I told all of the Locked On Bengals listeners that he was going to go on uh, – yeah. I basically said that. He's going to go on claim. They're going to be able to keep all three. Freaking press Taylor, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have to ruin that. And so now up. I have to – I have to eat, eat crow. So I'm with you, Zach. It's what what a joke.
2: You go tell Zach, you know, I, I got to yell at your brother too. He made me
0: wrong. Yeah. Give, me, give audience, me press 30, his number, damn it. People. Yeah. What are we doing? Uh, I was man. one, one waiver claim away. Like, man.
2: <sighs> yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, I was, I was right there with you too. It's not just you. I mean, yeah. I'm out here telling No, you. I know it's very rare. These guys get claimed, you know, but sometimes they do. And the Bengals did yep. it three times this year. So, you know. Weird year, I guess, for waiver claims. Let's talk Cordell Volson. We were we we were gonna spend the whole segment on it. Cordell Volson spoke to reporters in the locker room, James, ready to mm-hmm. face off against Cam Hayward and these Pittsburgh Steelers or what?
0: Yeah, he, he is. And I I dude, I just love the way he carries himself. He's so and Brian Callahan talked on on today's Thursday, on Wednesday about this after Zach had officially named. Volson, in the left guard and he's like yeah he may have that all shucks happy-go-lucky attitude in front of you but the dude is in he didn't say dog but he's got some nastiness to him and he is a dog on the field and he finishes plays and all of those things and i like that i i I like that one he can do both and be like oh it's good to meet you man like he's really soft spoken with me and he's Twice my size and could pummel me. And when I shake his hand, it it's ridiculous. You know, like he's just a giant human. And uh, but I, I think he's a good dude, and I, I think he works extremely hard, and has obviously impressed his teammates. I'm excited to see him. And, and look, is he going to have some some bumps? He'd take some lumps early? Probably. He's going to have to adjust to to this life of being a starting guard in the NFL. But He's clearly shown them more than Jackson Carmen has, and, and shown them a higher floor, more consistency than Jackson Carmen has, and so uh, those are the things that I I think they're obviously most attracted to. But uh, no, I mean, he doesn't seem nervous about it. He and he kind of shrugged off the idea that he was, you know, he won a job or was awarded the left guard job or anything. He, I was like afterwards after the interview, and I I tweeted it out, but. After that, I was like, so there was no award ceremony for you? There was no, you know, introduction into to starting left guard life? And he just laughed, you know, a little bit. I was like, no, that's not how it works. I was like, hey, man, we've been talking about it for months and, and certainly weeks. That's so it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you, you got to ask. But I guess they don't do that on, on actual teams.
2: What would you say to Joe Goodberry, who responded to a tweet? Are the Bengals still starting a bottom five left guard? Joe Goodberry's reply, yes, that's likely. Think Sharping takes the job eventually? He's got a shot. This is an exchange with with Joe yesterday on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think?
0: I think that initially it's still, you know, the biggest question mark uh, on got this got offense. Prove, for, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, you're talking about a fourth rounder from North Dakota State, you know, one double A. Okay. That's, The reality, that's fact. At the same time, do I think by week eight, week nine, they could have uh, guard play that they haven't gotten at that spot consistently in in quite some time, including last year? I think there's certainly a path to that too. Like I think this kid, he's going to be thrown into the deep end, and they have, right? They've done that. And there's going to be times where he's underwater for a bit, but he's shown that he can tread water and he, he's shown that hey, he might throw a little freestyle in there, a little backstroke in there. And and that's more than these other guys have shown. So could Sharping end up starting some games? Sure. Absolutely. I I, I think that's, I, I think he's going to overtake Carmen a, at some point. I mean, you look at the numbers, he wasn't a bad player for the Texans, you, you know, Nick Casario, the GM saying how bummed he was that they lost him. So yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a path to that, but I also am kind of bullish on Cordell Volson, one, because of his attitude, because of how hard he works, and he does have some good physical traits, even though he's not an elite athlete.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see him play. He he comes out of the gate with a firm test. I mean, there's a lot of good tests for this, this team this year, and I'm excited to see him play with a bunch of veterans out there, too. I do agree with you, by the way, about liking the way he carries himself, and I fully believe Callahan and Pollock when they say that he's got some he's got an edge to him in the game. I mean, think about Trey Hendrickson, right? Nice guy off the field. Blackout Trey. These guys these guys can flip a switch. Maybe they flip a switch when they play ping pong as well. James, they've added a second table to the Bengals locker room. And I know you're really excited to give us the recap of today's events, which featured Joe Burrow playing with his teammates.
0: Yeah, let's dive into a little ping-pong action. Ping-pong, ping-pong, ping-pong. And I'll break down the game of Thursday, the game that was the most entertaining, and we'll do that in a second. But Joe Burrow, for the first time this preseason, this time during training camp, we get to see Joe Burrow on the sticks playing ping-pong. You know why? Because the Bengals got a second ping-pong table. I've had some ask, oh, well, Man, there's a lot of ping pong going on in the background. Now there's even more because it's not one ping pong table, it is two ping pong tables. There also might be a poker table in there, but that it doesn't get as rowdy and you can't hear that. So as far as the, the ping pong goes, Joe Burrow versus BJ Hill. Oh yeah. Um, all right. What would you give the in BJ Hill plays? I'll say this. I've seen BJ Hill play throughout camp and throughout the the preseason. What would you put the the bet online odds? Who would you wager on? Let's say they're even odds. Joe Burrow, BJ Hill. Who would you wager on in a ping pong game?
2: Man, you're going to make me bet against Joey B? I, I'm I mean, asking. A, as a rule, I've said, how many times on this podcast have I said, don't bet against Joe Burrow? Okay. Like in general, that's bad life advice. But so, I, uh, I just have this feeling that BJ Hill is sneaky good at ping pong. So who are you, who you betting? BJ Hill.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I like these <laughs> You Hill. took, you took the bait. You took the bait. Joe me. Burrow kick his ass seven straight games. I think it was. I mean, wow. it was, it was just a beat down after beat. I, I was literally like, oh man, because he Joe walked by with ping pong paddle, and I'm like, oh man, is he gonna actually play in front of us? Because I've heard he plays all the time, but we haven't seen it. Oh, you didn't and tell me that
2: who,
0: part. I, what that he plays all the time? Yeah, I kept yeah. that part from you. <laughs> I, I heard that today. I heard uh-huh. that today. Um, I, I really did. Uh, but and part of it might be he was getting treatment and all that stuff. It's not like he, you know, didn't undergo surgery a month ago. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think uh, it was it was surprising to me how good he was. Not that I thought he was going to be bad. And B.J. Hill would whoop me in ping pong, by the way. So this is not a I think I'm good at ping pong segment. But Do, do any the of them amount, use,
2: like, the, the, the grip that, like, the Olympic players use? Like, not just holding it like it's a I, handle, like a tennis racket, y- but yes, like the yeah. claw grip kind so, of thing?
0: So, some do. Yeah, some do. And uh I, I'll say this. The amount of times I heard 0. .5, game point six, you know, game <laughs> .7. You, 11? And then it's game. Yeah, and, and then it's game. Like, Burrow would always be up. And then, it, you know, BJ would get a couple points, and then he'd say, all right, another game, another game, another game. And <laughs> it funny. was fu- it, it was funny to see Burrow's competitive side. We know he's competitive, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what? I, no one's on his shoulder on the field, right? Well, we, we haven't had an inside look at some of the chess stuff. And, and so, like, BJ would, like, try to get a point here and there by – and exactly what I do. You're on your your heels a bit. You're like, oh no, that hit the table. And he, Joe's like, no, it didn't. Don't, no, it didn't. Don't try that. It didn't hit the. T- Come on, BJ. That type of stuff. And he just wiped the floor with them. Seven. I, the last game, he was up. I had to leave. We all, all the reporters had to leave. It was point. It was game point to. I think five. And Joe said, all right, we'll play one more because BJ kept asking, one more, one more, one more, which I understand that. And uh, he said, we'll play one more, but we can't play for two days, at least two days if that's the case. And so um, hilarious. So, yeah, Joe Burrow, pretty good at ping pong. I don't think that's necessarily a shock, but uh, you bet wrong, my friend, because seven straight games. Whoever whoever took Joe Burrow on the pod would have you know, hit the jackpot because he I, I rolled. Just-
2: should have followed my own advice to not yeah, bet against Jeff That's just good life advice. You just, I mean, in in all aspects, just don't bet against the guy. Do you do you think he's the best table tennis player in the Bengals locker?
0: No, no. Give me your top so that, three. So, so that's the fun part. Uh, top three: Trent Taylor okay. is a G. All right, is a G. This dude looked like Serena Williams at the corner of the table down like rocking back and forth and he can get low to the ground of course and uh he was going up against mitch uh against mitch wilcox who's very good i watched him beat multiple guys he crushed that moss today um and so my top three would be in no order because i don't know um cheeto mitch trent Now, Burrow's in that mix. I've seen those guys play more. Trent Taylor, Mitch Wilcox, Chidobe Awuzie. I've seen those guys play more. Could Burrow end up being in that range? Sure, but it's B.J. Hill, so I need to see him play against someone else. It was just seven straight games against the same guy. A lot of these guys are rotating in and out, and so uh, uh,
2: that's that's a nice feature piece here. When you're in the locker room, start asking who's the best ping pong player in this locker room. Well, Instead I, I asked put together put together one of those like you know it's popular those verbal histories of things mm-hmm. you know like the 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 oral history of Super Bowl whatever the oral history of some play or whatever do that mm-hmm. but collect all
0: these quotes about you know this is a great idea I'm honestly- I asked Cheeto I asked Cheeto and he named Mitch Wilcox as uh, as a guy um, okay. and, and that was early in camp when he said that and I've watched Mitch and he's he's really good so go. th- those would be those would be my three. I just need to see more from Joey B, because it was against it was against one opponent. You yeah. know, if Trent Taylor to me was, in I haven't seen a ton of Trent, um, but he was on today. And Mitch even said he was like, "Man, you're on fire today." So I don't know if Trent was just feeling it, if he if it was his Jordan moment or what. But he was he was balling. I mean, That's and, and he beat Wilcox, so certainly something that we can keep an eye on this year. Oh, the, the, the that was the, fun. Locker rooms will. We'll continue, right? You're going to be in there all year. Yeah. In, in the fun part, the fun part to me, because, you know, spoiler, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. I suck at ping pong. Never really played it. So not even a little part of me wants to be like, oh, I want to get in. It's the opposite. I just want to observe and watch. Just, oh, man, this is good. Like this is, you know, so it's it's entertaining, of course.
2: Yeah. Well, when, when we don't have football to talk about, we can always update – the, the ping pong power rankings in the Bengals locker room, but there will be plenty of football to talk about when we're back next week. We are taking a day off for the holiday on Monday, so there won't be a Sunday night episode. We'll be back on Monday night and we'll be with you for the four days next week leading in to the Bengals week one contest against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got crossover Thursday starting back up next week with Chris Woo. Carter, everybody's favorite locked on host here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, so we can look forward to that as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.